the analysis you want without the interruptions only on twitch.tv slash q sports talk subscribe now through your amazon prime account for free twitch.tv slash q sports talk in the booth with matt park is brought to you by hoffman sausage company maybe i could be like an announcer like a columnist. i don't believe what i just saw you know, I always make those interesting comments during the game. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? You believe in miracles? Yes! Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. And welcome everybody in the booth as we join you on a Tuesday. Good to have you along today. Talking sports with you. 315-437-7644. 4ESPN44 gets you on the show. You can see us and watch us and follow us on Twitch. The uh, Twitch app at Q Sports Talk. Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Brian's got it fired up here as always. If you'd like to hit us up on the chat on that, you can. We'll field uh, your questions, comments, whatever you might have coming off the Super Bowl, going into Syracuse basketball, a little lull in the schedule uh, this week. No midweek game, no show tomorrow. The Crunch will uh, take these uh, airwaves uh, during the day tomorrow. Then uh, Thursday, back with Mike Waters. Friday, we'll be doing the show live from the Dome prior to a 4 o'clock opening day face-off, the uh, Orange and Colgate in lacrosse. Syracuse women take on Canisius at 7.30 on Friday, so a doubleheader to, to get things going there for uh, both sports. Tommy and Brian are here, and good to uh, have everybody along. And Amazing that it is lacrosse season. We say that every time, we, every year at this time, it's like, oh, really? It's already the, the first game of the season, and God forbid you have to open the season without a roof over your head, so we're kind of spoiled here the way that it gets going. Uh, yep, and if the calendar said March, I think this would make <laughs> a whole lot more sense, and hopefully somebody... At some point, ever comes to their senses on this because they right. keep going in the wrong direction. They keep talking about, hey, we should open the season later, and then everyone just starts playing earlier. Right. <laughs> and I don't understand really what the point is. I don't know that the you know facilities aren't dying to be open right now. TV networks aren't clamoring for programming right now. Nope. They, you know, So I don't really get it. Is it a student-athlete welfare thing? Not necessarily. <laughs> I don't think playing lacrosse when it's – yeah, 25 degrees out in anybody's welfare. I mean, that's where the Dome has been such a great thing uh, for Syracuse with these early and earlier things. Go figure, Syracuse, New York is the one place you can guarantee great weather for lacrosse in, in February. I mean, they, they've hemmed themselves in by the Memorial Day Final Four and refused to move off it. And I mean, that's a great event, but it, it would probably be a great event a week or two later. And then uh, Sanity could return and lacrosse could be played when it's nice out and I wouldn't have to complain about it every year. Yeah, and I don't know if... Um if some people view it as like the college lacrosse and college baseball are competitors, I don't know that they really are because pretty much everywhere has already chosen sides. You yeah. know, you know, this is a community that's more into lacrosse. If we were in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana right now, it'd be more about baseball. And it, it, the two are not going to meet uh, pretty much anywhere. I mean, I suppose the exception would be the, you know, Virginia – in either Charlottesville or then the uh, the Triangle area, where maybe they've got competing interests, but it's uh, 
seems like there could be some flexibility there. At any rate, the uh, men's and women's lacrosse teams are both uh, very highly ranked, both highly anticipated for their season. Both should be national title contenders this year and uh, looking forward to seeing the start of that. Another thing we're looking forward to is the Chris Stapleton Show at uh, the AMP. It's uh, Friday, July 24th. So Chris Stapleton coming to the St. Joseph's Health Amphitheater at Lakeview. Tickets go on sale this Friday, 7 a, a 7. It is Friday the 7th. Mm-hmm. Spit it out at 10 a.m. LiveNation.com and the On Center box office. You can call 1-800-745-3000 or uh, listen to ESPN Radio all this week to win tickets to see Chris Stapleton before you can buy them. So that's before they go on sale Friday at uh, 10 a.m. And uh, we will be giving away a pair in uh, Pick 6 coming up for you here in uh, just a few moments and uh, lots of other things to tell you about in terms of uh, promotions and special things that are in the offing here through the station. So the Knicks make a move today, and we've got this set up for for pick six. Are there really Knicks fans in the area? Are the Knicks, like we're always told that you include Knicks in your local programming, and I I know that they're on, you know, we carry MSG here, and you can see the Knicks. When was the last time you saw a Knicks shirt or sweatshirt or cap just in your passing around here? Do people really Mm. concern themselves with the Knicks? Well... If I was a Knicks fan and a fan of anything else, I might opt for the other sweatshirt yeah, exactly I had in right. my in the wardrobe at any point in the last twenty years. It's not. It's been a rough couple decades. It really has. I mean, anybody can have a rough quarter century. And if you're like, if you're a mellow fan around here, you're probably wearing your mellow Q's gear, not your mellow mellow Knicks gear from right. from the time. Or your Tommy, he's rocking his mellow Trailblazers. I'm sure, just around the house. Sure, but uh, yeah, I don't. So the Knicks know. make a leadership change, and it's just so absurd. I'm not saying it won't happen because money has a way of changing people's minds and, and changing things, but the Knicks who, yes, they're in New York. Yes, they're in the world's most famous arena. Yes, they have history, but they're near the dregs of the NBA right now. And to think, okay, well, we're going to fire this guy that obviously hasn't worked out with their basketball leadership here in recent years, and we are going to woo the team president from the organization that just won the NBA mm-hmm. that seems to be perfectly pleasant and happy in another world-class city in Toronto, uh, we're going to get him to, to run our basketball operations and that that's going to solve everything. I've already tried that, first of all, with Phil Jackson, right? And that didn't work tried out Tried that so with well. 15 people. <laughs> hasn't worked with any of them. I mean, when, when uh-huh. Kevin Durant... Who like many like every time they thought they were going to woo LeBron like LeBron had some serious big picture plans that never actually involved right. going to New York, so sort of throw that out. Durant seemed pretty open to you know looking around whatever. Clearly wanted to get to the New York area and he picked the other team that has had zero historical success, and that was a legit. I mean, obviously not this year since he was hurt, but that that was a legit guy that could actually have. You know, fix the franchise yes. in many ways. And that would have been a big splash. And like, okay, if he was he was dead set on New York and picked the other one, and you're the destination spot, yeah, you're right. done. Right. So uh, the the Knicks are buried. We'll see how long it takes them to get to some level of respectability again. Obviously, through drafts and that type of thing, they can do it. They picked Porzingis and traded him away, mm-hmm. and uh, now what do you have? So. Uh, that is a scary scene. The NBA All-Star Game coming up. Just want to get you thinking about potential pick six categories because we're going to do that next and uh, give away. Uh, we have two prizes here. One is two tickets to the Chris Stapleton show. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned, tickets go on sale on Friday. That show is uh, this summer. 
July 24th. So that's one option. The uh, other is two tickets to the uh, Orange and Wake Forest in the Dome. Uh, more immediately, it is Saturday night with an 8 o'clock tip time. It's a choose-your-own-adventure. If, you, if you win first, you get to pick which one you want. Correct. Only uh, so that's pretty good. democratic uh, way to go about it. First one, and we first will one announce the results. Gets the choice. Yes, if, I assume we ought to, with the uh, very sophisticated communication system we have here between mm-hmm. the call screening area and the uh, board and all, all the bells and whistles here. We'll yell it down the hall. It's supposed <laughs> to get the tickets. <laughs> we should, should be able to uh, to get an answer to that. So get ready to call us, 315-437-7644. 315-437-7644. Get you in the queue for pick six, and we'll do that uh, here in a moment. Our guest on the show today will be Tom Hart from uh, ESPN, Tom's uh, part of the XFL coverage. Hard to believe, XFL season is here already. Snuck up on me again. (laughs) Once every uh, 20 years, it it really sneaks up. That's right. So uh, the XFL debuts this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, the first uh, round of games. I'm intrigued by maybe some of the rules and that type of thing. There are a couple of Syracuse players in and and around the league, uh, most notably Eric Dungy. He plays for the Dallas Renegades. And the Dallas Renegades take on the St. Louis Battlehawks, I think, in this uh, first week. And uh, that's the game that uh, Tom Hart has. So I don't know that Eric Dungy is necessarily going to play behind uh, Landry Jones, the uh, former Oklahoma quarterback for the former Oklahoma coach, Bob Stoops, the uh, head man of the Renegades. But uh, we will find that out. And uh, Tom, I know, has the uh, Auburn basketball game tonight. So who's good around uh, college basketball? We can touch base on that. But we'll give away some ducats when we return, when we go uh, for pick six in the booth. show, as always, is brought to you by the Hoffman Sausage Company. Born in Germany, raised in Syracuse. Hoffman bringing the meats. This is ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. In the Booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. All right, let's give away some tickets. We're going to play pick six. Good to have you with us here today. You can call us 315-437-7644. Get in line. We'll talk XFL, college basketball with uh, Tom Hart of ESPN in uh, just a moment. I'm intrigued by the new rules and stuff. we got wacky rules in pick six. I kind of want to see the, we have the, the rules game. In pick six. I don't know. We kind of loosely uh, make it up as we go along uh, and appreciate everybody's uh, patience with that. One of the things about the XFL, just reading some more about it here recently, they're really hell bent on the concept of keeping it moving. They they are talking about uh, two hour and forty minute game times. I think they'll be like. I mean, if you're a football person and you from September through Sunday are committed to the NFL schlag and you still want a little bit of football, well, I mean, you can't be spending that long watch. You cannot be spending that long watching football in the off season. So if they can give you some quick football, right? All right. Clock keeps moving um, at various parts in the game where it would otherwise stop. I. I Want us to have to look more closely? Not that we're doing a XFL rules show here. Um, I think there's even part of the game when it doesn't stop when you go out of bounds, which is odd. We'll, we'll uh, cross that bridge when we come to it. Let's get to uh, pick six again: three one five four three seven seven six four four. John and Holland Patton first up. Hey, John. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, if you're successful here, John, then you'll get your pick of uh, either Chris Stapleton tickets or. Wake Forest uh, tickets. So that's uh, what we have to offer here. Okay. Coming up, uh, what's your category, uh, John? One four. to six. Going to four. All right, four, we uh, just slammed in there. 
in honor of Andy Reid. He won the Super Bowl. Andy Reid uh, notably celebrates big moments in his life with what? With cheeseburgers. So we're looking for, according to foodbeast.com, John, the top 10 fast food cheeseburgers in America. Is when, it the restaurant or is it the commercial? We're going for the restaurant. Okay, McDonald's. One. Um, In-N-Out Burger. Two. Burger King. No. no. Wendy's. Three. Um, the Baconator. Stuff. Stuff. Burger. Um, five Guys. Four. In-N-Out. Wendy's. Burger King. Oh, crap. Um, what? what? New York, think big cities. Ah. Harold and Kumar. <laughs> Almost oh West Coast. You got? I've eaten every one of them too, and I can't think of a jump. Um. Oh, pretty close there. It was fun just mm. thinking about. You were rolling there at the beginning. Five guys. Um, five guys in and out. Those were good gets for him. McDonald's and Wendy's. He had the two major chains. And then there are four others up for grabs. Um, I would say one tends to be around, like they're a high-end real estate operation, one in particular, I would say. There's also one that I don't know how you'd guess it based on one of the two words in the title of the place. Yes, and they don't have any around here. Although I believe they did for a minute. and then it Weren't they talking well, about it? Did it I ever think happen? It would, no, I think it was actually here and then disappeared uh, within a, a matter of time. But it's, it's actually like a buffalo... No, yeah, no, it's a Western New York. Yeah. Uh, no, they're all over the place. All right, so we're going to keep that one alive. We haven't completely given given that one away. Okay, next up is uh, Bill in Syracuse. Hey, Bill. How's it going? Uh, good. How are you? Not too bad. Okay, we need a category uh, one to six, not four. Uh, let's go with two. Category two. Uh, we're going to talk XFL here in a moment. Fairly easy one here. Uh, we need the uh, six of the eight cities with XFL teams. When you're ready. Um. Dallas. One. Um, St. Louis. Two. Uh, Just gave those away. New York. Three. Good bet. Washington. Yes, four. Um, Seattle. Got it. Say Washington. Um, Los Angeles. Got it. There you go. That's Got, Got six. All right. What'd you miss? Uh, St. Louis, I think, and uh, Tampa. So there's a there we go. There's a winner, uh, Bill in Syracuse. Congrats, Bill. So he can take his pick of uh, either the Chris Stapleton tickets. They go on sale Friday. The show is July 24th, or the uh, Syracuse basketball tickets. Wake Forest in the dome for an eight o'clock tip. All right, we keep playing here because we have uh, the other prize to give away. So Amir in Syracuse is next. Amir, good afternoon. How are you? Not bad. How are you guys? Good. Good. Uh, let's see. We got. Uh, Two and four are off the board. Otherwise, uh, what's your pick? One to six. Uh, let's go with three. Uh, number three. All right. going to have to get the answer key ahead of us here. I think I know most of these myself or a good bit of them. Chiefs just won the uh, Super Bowl, Amir, so we're looking for Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Famers. People in the Hall of Fame who have their primary franchise being the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll start on your, on your first guess. Uh, well, I'm a Broncos fan. Uh, okay, so you would have seen them all. Uh, yeah. uh, how about uh, Lynn Dawson? There's one. Uh, Buck Buchanan. Two. Uh, Bobby Bell. Yeah. 
Willie Lanier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lamar Hunt. There you go. Johnny Robinson. Who's Johnny Robinson? I don't know if he's not down familiar there. with Johnny Robinson. I think he uh, he was a Veterans Committee guy last year. Okay. If memory serves. Good work there, Amir. All right. Just doesn't feel. The internet's a beautiful thing, thing, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> I said the internet's a wonderful thing. Kind of takes Good the fun out of it. Willie Lanier. You know what he did there is he uh, took advantage of the gap between the giving of the category and the starting of the clock. That's all right. We like people to win. Mm-hmm. We want to want to give them away. Work smarter, not harder. You would say that, wouldn't you, Tommy? Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> the one that's hard to pronounce that you can't even pass off, Jan Stenerud. Well, that's uh, I think that's what led to the jump. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. To down the list. later. All right, we got people going to. Uh, How about Curly Cult? I'm not familiar with Curly's work. Uh, the, the name rings a bell as a was, former uh, NFLer, but not D lineman on yeah. the on that Super Bowl team. Okay. Buck Buchanan's a good one. Len Dawson, everybody knows. Yeah. Hank Stram, I mean, he's no. Nobody did a redo. That seemed like a missed opportunity of the Super Bowl this year. Nobody wanted to redo the Len Dawson pose with the cigarette and the fresca from the first Super Bowl. I was going to say they probably didn't have the pack of heaters. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were. Ta- I was watching the uh, the last Peyton's places. They wrapped up his season of it, mm. and I caught it. And he was talking to Terry Bradshaw about the Super Bowl and whatever. And they showed that picture. And they're talking about it. Payton said, my dad, Archie, he said, that's what it was. Halftime locker room is just a cloud of smoke. Right. <laughs> Terry's like, really smoking in your locker room? He's like, yeah, you couldn't catch your breath in there at halftime of the NFL game when I was winning the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. but the, I, I thought we'd get the homage. I mean, we saw the, like, well, just like you know, the that, Chiefs were running kooky plays from the 40s. Sure. I thought we were going to get the 65 toss power trap. <laughs> That'd be good. I mean, if he scored a touchdown Strat. on 65 toss power trap. Matriculate then, the ball down the field. And then cackled like a loon on the sideline. <laughs> Which I think all are Andy Reid's capabilities. That would have been the perfect Chief so much. There was a lot of throwback type stuff in there uh, with Joe Buck calling the Super Bowl after Jack Buck uh, called the early Super Bowls. And uh, Fox made mention of that. And, and it being 50 years since the, the Chiefs last won. I like those pictures when you know you see maybe a family or kids and then you know, or college classmates or whatever. And then 20, 30 years down the line, they remake the exact same photo everybody kind of in the same pose or same place but then mm-hmm. age and life have uh, taken their toll and uh seems like it could have done that I, I don't see pat mahomes working a heater at halftime of the super bowl but maybe they could have staged he could, he it could pose it doesn't have yeah. to have the smoke coming out yeah they could have done it afterwards everybody's in a great mood you won mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be halftime and uh for a long time i think there was widely thought that that was like a beer he's drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette because the shape of the bottle back in the day, probably you know back in the '60s, the uh, your bottling and canning uh, was not done quite the way it is now. So it, it very much looks like it could be a beer bottle, but uh, probably just depending what they put in it. <laughs> that, well, there you go. But it is uh, a fresca, refreshing. Yeah, I don't know that you know a lot of professional athletes are drinking frescas when they get. It's their, hard to find the their timeouts. Yeah, the grapefruit soda these days. That's right. More of a uh, golf course snobby uh, mixer. That's kind of what you're looking for there with the Fresca. All right, we'll take a break here and uh, be back with Tom Hart of ESPN. He's uh, quaffed a Fresca or two in his day, and uh, he'll uh, fill us in on what we can expect with the XFL 
this weekend and uh, see what his latest take on college basketball is from uh, primarily the SEC. And uh, we'll check in on that when we come back. He'll be on the Burdick Toyota guest line. This is In the Booth, brought to you by the Hoffman Sausage Company on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. In the Booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. By the Hoffman Sauces Company. That is no lie. We welcome you back in the booth on this uh, Tuesday. Good to have you with us and good to uh, welcome to the Burdick Toyota guest line our friend from ESPN, Tom Hart, who uh, probably, Tom, we just had a contest. Could anybody name six Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Famers? And you probably could do that without actual uh, Google assistance like our our winner. We we didn't throw the flag on him. We want to give away tickets, but we feel as though it was. How long did it take? You get 30 seconds. 30 seconds, but uh, I think I delayed enough to allow for the Googling, which allowed for this particular oh, yeah, person. yeah, yeah, w- w- The giveaway was uh, Willie Lanier. Willie Lanier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah same. <laughs> when, when, when you can't, uh, when you, if he had said uh, Jan Stenru, Stenrod, then uh, <laughs> that, oh, that would have been, Heck yeah. Of a kicker. Yeah, Janny. So, uh, Are we, we counting? Are we counting Marcus Allen and Joe no, Montana? No, 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 no. We were doing pri- primary primary chiefs. What about coaches? Are we counting Hank oh, Stram? No, but not like, yeah, Hank yes. Stram, yes, Marv Levy, no. Gotcha. Yeah. Did you gotcha. grow up with yeah, a, uh, Tom grew up in Missouri, everybody. Did, did you have a, uh, a chiefs poster on the wall or something like that? And congratulations there, if you did, the, uh, the Super Bowl. You know, the closest I got was the Bo Jackson Raiders Royals poster, um, which was a classic. I would have had a, a Christian Okoye poster back in the day. But still, my favorite memory from old school Chiefs was Steve DeBerg trying to take snaps on the sideline with a pin in his pointer right. finger. Blood everywhere. And the agony that he showed in, in trying to get out there and be a gamer. I mean, they had some very average quarterbacks for a very long time. That's why Joe Montana wound up there, right? <laughs> right, right, and it helps you appreciate uh, young Patrick Mahomes even more. It sure does, and what a career he has ahead of him. Uh, he probably will not anytime soon wind up in the XFL, but we thought we would have you on for a little splash there. You've got the uh, Dallas Renegades and the St. Louis Battlehawks uh, squaring off uh, this weekend, and uh, the player around here that uh, people would most know from the XFL is Eric Dungy, and... Uh, we wonder if he's going to get any time for those uh, Dallas Renegades and Coach Bob Stoops. I think there's a, there's a really good chance. I don't know what his health situation is at this point. He showed up, from what I understand, and uh, I don't know. I think it was maybe a hamstring injury that creeped up early on. But there without Landry Jones, who suffered a knee injury the first day of practice, and I wouldn't be surprised if if he's healthy enough that Dungy could get some run. The XFL's really unique in a lot of different ways, obviously. But I think from a quarterback perspective, one of the most unique aspects is that not only do you get um, direct communication with the offensive coordinator, just like the NFL, um, where you get the play call in your headset, but in the NFL, there's a cutoff with 15 seconds on the play clock. There is no cutoff. So theoretically, how mummy could be walking you through the play all the way up to the snap, even after the snap. And what we learned with an XFL scrimmage we had a couple of weeks ago um, is that it wasn't uncommon to send in, hey, let's run 618 Viper 
and, you know, go to park on the slant. It's not uncommon for how Mummy to send those kind of detailed instructions in. And I think that obviously helps simplify the thing. So if Dungey shows up and maybe he's not as well-versed with the playbook as he would have been if he were there for day one, it's a lot less of a concern. I think with that communication system, and in particular, knowing the way Eric Dunsey plays here, <laughs> there might be a lot of uh, no, no, no. Oh, oh, you so you jumped a guy? Okay, so you just you just you decided to hurdle a linebacker. So that I'm right. looking forward to seeing how that goes down. That does he's listed here on the Renegades roster six three uh, two thirty six, and uh, as Tom mentioned, Tom Hart from ESPN is our guest. Uh, Landry Jones might be. A scratch for this one. Their other quarterback is uh, Philip Nelson of East Carolina. And I was kind of thinking about this is a developmental league, right? So uh, is there is there a the nature of kind of getting different people in the game? I mean, it's not an all-star game. It's not it's not that, but it is a showcase. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they split the difference. The one correction I throw out there is they don't want to be known as the developmental league. Okay. I think that's where they feel like um, the AAF erred in trying to be a developmental league for the NFL. You'll notice there's a lot of guys in these rosters who had time with the NFL, and, and though they'd like to get back, it may not be likely for some of these guys for a variety of reasons. You know, If you're a guy that's accrued a few years and your talent level is on par with a rookie or second-year player, I don't think NFL teams are going to take the cap hit to take a guy who's experienced, but the talent level is equal to somebody that they can get for a tenth of the cost. I think that's number one. There's also, well, the uh, you know marijuana rule is probably going to change in the next uh, player union agreement with the NFL. As of right now, it is what it is, and there's a handful of guys that had served multiple suspensions that are just looking for a chance to play football. And finally, there's a – Part of the pot that goes to but there is a there is a cash bonus for the winning team, and so you know there's not going to be a whole lot of hey let's just get Johnny some snaps and see how he does. Uh, I think if you're like Dungey, you're going to be used maybe in a wildcat situation, a run first situation. Nick Fitzgerald on the St. Louis team who is a great runner at Mississippi State, will likely be used in the same way. Hey, we've got you know a handful of prepackaged QB run first plays for him um, to try and get these offenses to, to look a little bit more diverse than maybe they are. I'd say, Tom, all of that's maybe positive answers to what I'm about to ask, but I, I think back to the first iteration of the XFL 19 years ago. There's the, the crazy advertising blitz. I mean, it was interesting enough that – uh, back then, I mean, we had a group that got together, watched the first game, and it was just horrible uh, of football. What 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 steps have they taken? And it sounds like there are some that, like, the football is going to be a little more legitimate this time around, that if you are a football fan, you can actually sit down and watch it and say, okay, this, this looks right. Yeah, it's a football first league. It's not a promotion first league. Um, the folks that are running this and kind of start, I would, you know, Vince McMahon is obviously the, the money behind it, and he's the backer, but Oliver Luck, in, uh, you know, for simplicity's sake, is the one that's running it from the football standpoint. And, um, and they want it to be football first. They want it to be, you know, no, no gimmicks, no short-term sales that will cost you in the long term. They want it to be um, a viable option long term. And so in that regard, um, you know, number one, the rules are going to make it 
a lot more fan friendly. It's going to be unique when you see how the kickoffs are different. Um, double forward pass is legal as long as the first pass is behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, there's going to be more of a value on offense and scoring points. They devalue punts. They devalue touchbacks and stuff like that. So offensively, there should be um, plenty of options. To me, the biggest difference from a fan perspective, I was talking about that coach-to-player communication. So when an offensive coordinator sends a play call, it goes to the quarterback and it goes to all the skill position guys. Instead of just going point-to-point, one-to-one, everybody can listen in and the fans at home can listen in. So... You know, if you're going to hear Spider 2 Y Banana, we're going to tell you, you know, what to look for on the play, and you're going to see it play out and know exactly what the play call was. It'll be really interesting if, you know, if Eric Dunyu's in there, quarterback, and the play call comes in for a screen left, and he's like, uh, yes, yeah, screw that. I'm running right. <laughs> yeah, that could happen too. And we will all know that he called his own number versus running the play that was sent in. Can't wait for that. I, I like some of the different rules and the types of things we'd mentioned before you came on. One of the goals of the rules, uh, yes, safety in terms of the kickoffs or whatever, but it's also keep it moving and emphasize aggressive play calling, aggressive fourth down decisions, right? So we ought to see that because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to punt and punt returning isn't really going to be a thing either. Right, right. No extra points in terms of you're not kicking extra points. You're lining up to go for conversions from the the three, the five, or the ten yard line. And it's going to change the way, you know, game managers think, right? In the NFL and in college, everybody has a ubiquitous chart when to go for two, when not, when to kick, uh, when to punt. Um, Now, all of a sudden, instead of thinking in terms of six and sevens or threes, you're thinking in terms of nines because there's an extra point from the ten yard line that's worth. It's worth three. Um, and so in that regard, it's. I think we're going to have a whole lot more close games, games that get down to the last couple minutes where the clock stops um, on completions so you can get to the line, you can get a playoff quickly. It should extend a lot of games too. Right. You keep uh, both teams in it longer. So uh, I'm excited to, to see how it plays out. Looking forward to, uh, to watching on the weekend. Tom Hart of uh, ESPN is with us. He has the Dallas and St. Louis game, which is played – at the uh, Rangers uh, baseball stadium, which is the Rangers are moving out of after only uh, about 20 years. And so the venues range from what we'd see NFL games in, like uh, MetLife, to a couple of of different places, right? St. Louis, the the Dome hasn't been used in a while, and so they're playing there, and and, uh, Dungy's team is in the Rangers ballpark. Yeah, and Seattle's playing at at Quest Field, and uh, the L.A. team is playing where the Chargers play. there, there won't. Divinity I don't know what the crowd's going to look Parker. like. Yeah, um, Audi Field in, in Washington should yep. be a perfect size venue for for what they're asking. Um, but they're not going to be tarps in the upper deck. And you know, we go to St. Louis. Our crew goes there week three, and we're hearing that they've already sold upwards of thirty thousand tickets for that game, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. And we'll see how the fans embrace it. And see how they can reach folks in those in those local markets. But there's no mistake. I mean, the, the XFL, um, the executives did a lot of market research when deciding which markets to go into, um, and and where the fans are are hungry for football. Obviously, that would fit St. Louis. Seattle fans are, are out of their mind when it comes to pro football. They're going to support it really well. And we'll see, you know, that like any league, there will be some cities that do better than others when it comes to local attendance. 
Tom, what's your sense of the league and its like its financial footing? And there, there was so much talk with the AAF last year and how they were in great shape and the Ebersols and the whole thing, and they had the TV contract and they go out of business midway through the season. Best I could tell, everything I've read with the Vince McMahon money, and that's that is legitimately his money, having sold WWE shares to to finance it, and then with both ESPN and you guys involved and Fox involved, it feels from the outside this has a more solid footing to it. Is that the sense you're getting right now? Uh, there's no doubt, and uh, to me, and I obviously have my have my biases and my my interest points, but. I think the TV deal that you just referenced is the big key here. Um, you're not going to have to go search for these games. They're going to show up and come to you when you're sitting on the couch because every Saturday game in our window is going to be aired on ABC, national television, coast-to-coast. Coast. So the Sunday games will be on ESPN or ABC. In the rare circumstance, ESPN2. On the Fox side, it's going to be Fox and FS1. Um, the AAF put up incredible numbers week one. You remember when they are on CBS, and they got great promotion going into that. And then they ended up on secondary networks and, and in most cases, on nonlinear networks going forward. And it, that's okay. And what we've learned in the television business, that's okay if you already have an audience and that fan base is going to go find your game. But if you don't have an audience built and you need to show up in their living room, um, you can't expect people to go search for it. So I think, I think that more than, more than most things has them in a great spot. All right, looking forward to uh, seeing that uh, this weekend, and we might as well spend a minute uh, on your day job, Tom, with uh, SEC and in and around uh, college basketball. You've got Auburn coming up, right? And uh, yeah, what? Uh, who do you think's in this? Is it a myth or reality that uh, there's no great teams? And Auburn was off to that great undefeated start for so long, and then they got knocked around a little bit. Uh, so who's good that you've seen? No, I think I think they're a great team. They just don't fit maybe what we're used to seeing in terms of the name on the front of the jersey. I think Baylor is a great team. I think they're elite. I think San Diego State is elite. I think Gonzaga and Dayton are both great teams. It's just that we're not used to looking their direction for great teams. They're not really in our conscious like it would be if, um, say, if uh, Michigan State or an Arizona or an Ohio State, who, who are all good teams, traded places with any of those four. And, and this is the time of year, Gonzaga plays an incredible non-conference schedule, but this is the time of the year where they kind of fall out of the national conscious based on you know playing late games and, and not getting much of a test within the WCC. You know, I got Auburn tonight. They had a huge win against Kentucky on Saturday. And Bruce Pearl will tell you that they weren't as good as their 15-0 and start indicated. They're still looking for guys to be uh, go-to players to step up for a team that made it to the Final Four last year based on the second-best three-point shooting season in college basketball history. Uh, they are built wildly different this year. They, they do not rely as much on the three. They do not have that efficiency from behind the arc. But the SEC right now probably sending six teams to the tournament, and there's eight games, uh, sorry, eight teams separated by only two games for second place, and LSU the only undefeated. So there's still a, a lot of movement as we reach the halfway point in the SEC, but it certainly seems the class of the league is, uh, is LSU. They find a way to win close games. And then a host of teams like Auburn and Kentucky and Mississippi State or right behind them, vying for uh, a league title and vying for you know some of those honors. 
All right, that sounds good. Still a long uh, way to go in the college basketball season uh, over the next uh, month plus, and uh, looking forward to seeing how that wraps up and then the XFL opening up uh, this coming weekend. So, Tom, thanks for the time, and uh, enjoy it out there, okay? Gentlemen, great to hear from you. Uh, Tom Hart of uh, ESPN. You can catch him uh, tonight, as you mentioned, on the Auburn and Arkansas game and then on Dallas and St. Louis in the XFL. Uh, we'll come back with uh, Do We Care in a moment. Uh, there are a few other uh, Syracuse connections in the XFL. Andrew Tiller, long time. He's kinda, still kicking around. Still around. Long NFL uh, career. Offensive lineman. Uh, Did I see Shamarco? He may be there. Moose Johnson is involved in the leadership of the Dallas team. Dave Bowler is a football operations guy, I believe, with the uh, Los Angeles team. So uh, there are some names that uh, you'll recognize that have an impact. And you'll recognize, you know, if you follow a lot of college football, it's maybe not the star guy who, who's in the NFL, but his teammate and, and some of those, a lot of ACC-type uh, players uh, in this league that uh, will catch your eye, and hopefully it's a good competition. I uh, hope uh, it goes smoothly this weekend. We're back to wrap the show in a moment on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait, the other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Don't care no more. I don't care. Two hours into a flight from Toronto to Jamaica, a man decided to stand up and tell everyone that he had the coronavirus. So the pilot turned around and headed right back to Toronto. People do that for fun? Like, was he he was doing it as a gag? Did he really have it? He said uh, he was just coming back from China. But I don't think he yeah. had the coronavirus. This feels like we need more information there. Uh, I don't know much about this coronavirus. I've had my head buried in other stuff lately, but obviously it's a bad deal. Anything that ends in virus, mm-hmm. you know, you really don't want to have. I did see a email going around the university population that said, hey, have you been to China? Anybody been to China lately? Been to China uh, lately? Then you're not allowed in the university building for two weeks. Mm. So they're not screwing around with this type of stuff. Uh, On the presumption that somebody thought they were being funny or whatever, it's obviously ridiculous. And uh, I'm sure there were a lot of upset folks who thought they had to do a Jamaican vacation. Or home. Like there's a lot of Jamaicans that live in Canada. I would think, yeah. It's one of the two. And this guy. Where do you get quarantined in a plane with something like this? You just get locked in the bathroom for the rest of the flight? He was taking selfies with the people around him telling them that he had the coronavirus. So I I think it was mostly just a prank, but he also had to be the one on the flight to turn around and be there for four hours. So he kind of just pranked himself as well. He probably has a good Toronto jail cell, so that's nice. Yeah. Uh, Next one here. PETA is encouraging people. How about the pilot, though, Deez? I will turn this plane... Right yeah. around. Turn it around. <laughs> Nothing to do with you that. You get back to your seat. <laughs> <laughs> PETA is encouraging people to stop using the word pet and instead use companion because pet is, quote, derogatory and patronizing to the animal. Just insane. I mean, how so, number one? Number two, how did the word ever get divided? Like, it doesn't do that, by the way. Does anybody think that that's derogatory? Here's my companion, and, Fluffy. Right, right. And what say-so do they have in the matter? <laughs> I think PETA has too much time on its hands. They've been voicing that they are, they're very upset with being called pets. They've been voicing it lately. The pets are? Yes. Mm. So are they going to change their acronym to companion? Uh? Uh. They, would, yep, they would be like, to uh, their pronouns are companion. It's just... <sighs> 
they just were. What was the last crazy thing? We didn't we didn't actually use it on Do We Care? I don't think, but it popped up here. Some other crazy PETA thing. Oh, uh, that the live mascots like the Georgia Bulldog and uh-huh. you know they're against their will. Yeah, right. Mike the Mike the Tiger has a better place to live in than I do. All right, back uh, not tomorrow Thursday. Everybody in the booth.